Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk. And me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. This week we're going to be listening to Music Complete by New Order. It's a tenth studio album by the band and was released on the 25th of September 2015. And I think to share anything more, particularly around collaborations, we'll um, spoil some of what we've got to talk about coming no up. No spoilers, please. No. So, um, Dan, you a fan of this album? Huge, huge, huge fan of this album. I've loved New Order for a long time. A lot of the bands that we're talking about, because I'm quite young myself... Um, so 21, 22? 20 something, or just <laughs> over. You know, so far we've covered Pet Shop Boys, Duran Duran, and now New Order. These are obviously bands that have been going for, in New Order's case, in some capacity, the late 70s. So I didn't come into the New Order until Waiting for the Sirens Call, their last studio album, which surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, was released 10 years before Music Complete. So a huge gap there. Waiting for the Sirens Call kind of holds a special place in my heart because it was my first New Order album. A lot of super fans who've been there for the entirety of the band's career wouldn't probably hold it as one of their finest pieces of work. And now comparing it to Music Complete, I can see where they're coming from. This album is so charged and it's just full of bangers. And that kind of more sombre acoustic turn that they took on, on Waiting for the Sirens Call, that's, that's gone. And this is just, for the most part, a record made for the club. I, I very much agree with that. I think it's... For me, they're one of their strongest albums. It's one of the ones I've come back to since it was released. Does it feel like that long ago now, actually? 25th, September 2015. Yeah, obviously, we're listening to it this week because it's three years old, surprisingly, which hopefully means there's something new on the way. So that means you were only 18 when this album came out. Well, there, it must have been thereabouts, yeah. Not very good with the exact figures. Let's get stuck in, and um, track number one is Restless. Restless there. Dan, what do you think? So, I just talked about how much I love this album and how it's made for the club and everything like that. I have to say, this is not what I would have chosen for the opener. I think it's too much like the Waiting for the Sirens call sound. It's very acoustic, it's very it's quite mellow, it's quite middle of the road. For me, I think they could have started with a bit more of a bang. Yes, you're right, actually. I think it's a great track because it's very much New Order, isn't it? You know, the guitars, the vocals. But in terms of, and I've used this before, setting your stall out for what's to come on an album, I don't think it's representative of pretty much everything else that's on the album. Do you think that was intentional? Maybe. I also wonder if it was a conscious decision because clearly there's two big differences in terms of the lineup with this album. Peter Hook has gone. There's been a turbulent relationship for the last few years and he's disappeared from the group. And Gillian Gilbert, the keyboard wizardora of the band, uh, she's back. So Now I'm just thinking about Wizardora from Children's ITV. Yeah, I was trying to think, of, what's a female wizard? A witch. She's not a witch. So I think maybe it was just to slowly introduce that there's new members into the sound of New Order before they really kind of kick it and take it back to 
the 90s or even before, which is probably what they do on this next track. Um, let's go there. So track number two is Singularity. <laughs> track two of the album for me that is how it should have started I think it's a, a huge sound that kind of crescendos but also I hear a lot of Joy Division in there that bass line throughout this really looming and particularly the first first minute or so how it starts it's very um, yeah, it's a bit more gothic almost than, than the rest of the album I'd say yeah um, is that a favourite of yours Singularity? Oh yes I got so immersed in that track that I got lost um, I had to have um, dogs sent in to find me. Um, <laughs> it's just so much going on there. That, correct me if I'm wrong, that was um, a couple of key producers on this album, and that was definitely Tom Rowans, wasn't it? Yeah. Of Chemical Brothers fame. I believe on, so, on yeah. production duties there. But you can see the comparison there, can't you? Definitely. I think it's when it's sort of, there's, there's the bridge and then the, the, the distortion. I think that's his part. That's what I take that he played in in that track and I think we're going to hear some more from him a little bit later yes and uh, the other producer of note on this album um, Stuart Price if you're a fan of any good pop music from the last 20 years Stuart Price has had a hand in it whether it's Pet Shop Boys Madonna Take That Killers the list goes on I think he's almost I, I don't think he's one of those producers where people would name Stuart Price as their favourite producer I think maybe they're inclined to think of other people before that but in actual fact I think he must be one of my probably actually one of our top three. Oh yeah and I, I know what you mean I think you wouldn't necessarily know it but you know probably like Savile he's had his hand in more things than you'd be aware of. Uh, are you about Peter Savile who did the artwork <laughs> for a lot of New Order's uh, albums including this one which is nice to see for that consistency. Shall we move on? <laughs> Let's move on. Um, to track number three, this is Plastic. Electronic heaven. I have to agree. I'm in a state of bliss right now. I wish I was in a club, you know. With a kind of red stripe. With a kind of red stripe or even a, you know, a little Bacardi cocktail. Breezer. Oh, a hooch. Well, yes. Again, just the picks up the pace after the first track. I think either Plastic or Singularity would have made great first tracks on the album. Yeah, I, I love Plastic. I think it's definitely got the sort of Giorgio Moroder influence in there with the with how they've layered the sequences what I love about this and actually the next uh, two songs is that the, the, it's the best part of six seven minutes and for me I think for some people they're looking for that ideal two and a half minute or three minute pop song that just sort of pops and disappears for me I prefer music like this where it just it goes on and on and on and you just become lost in like in this world they've created you know you can see yourself on the dance floor um, so sending that St Bernard to come and find you. I think I'm there already. It's and complete music, which is the album that was released following this, which was 
which is the same album with extended versions of every track. For for a song like Plastic, it just gives you an extra two and a half, three minutes of that, which is all you want, really. You don't want a remix, you just want more of the same. Yeah, absolutely. For me, that song could go on for 12 or 15 minutes and I'd be quite happy with that. Um, I think you might say the same on this next track, uh, track four, which is Tutti Frutti. Sometimes I just can't go on I feel like I'm a setting sun I know my eyes are burning bright I just need you to make it right You got me where it hurts But I don't really care Cause I know I'm okay Whenever you are there You take me to a never heard that song on a night out and I would absolutely love I've heard it live by the band you and I have seen them together at Glastonbury I don't remember that but I would love to hear that song on a night out have you heard it on a night out I haven't but I do remember watching a short-lived HBO series looking which was set in San Francisco and followed the lives of gentlemen who enjoy the company of other gentlemen and they're businessmen a businessman they're in a business meeting mm. at a nightclub and this song was playing. So I have fictionally enjoyed it on a night out, but not literally. Were there many people dancing? It was packed. <gasps> they were having a wonderful time, but probably because they were paid to do so. Oh, okay. Those kind of businessmen. Well, they're not prostitutes. They're actors. Oh, right. Some might say it's the same thing. This. <laughs> um, I, I can imagine. I think this song takes its influence from sort of Berlin and those kind of dark underground nightclubs probably a couple of decades ago it's quite a camp disco track isn't it mm, in essence definitely and actually if you see it perform live Bernard Sumner's dancing is a little bit camp as well while he's while he's performing it he hasn't got a guitar for this one of course there's a special guest as well on, on the female yes. vocals did you pick up on who that was yes it was Ellie Jackson did you gonna say Golding then <laughs> A.K.A. LaRue, making her first of a trio of appearances on this album. Yes, well, I think it might be the second, because I think she's on plastic in the background vocals. However, our reliable source, Wikipedia, doesn't have her listed on plastic, so should we delve deeper or shall we just... Scroll on. Let's scroll on. Um, But yeah, it's a great song. Something else that I sort of love to mention about this album, this whole collection, but particularly on this song... The strings you hear on there, they're recorded live, and the strings you hear throughout the album are live. So even though they're a band who are pioneers of uh, synthesizers, I think you can tell with this project, they were going into it thinking this is going to be a quality piece of work, this is going to be a, an album that's you know, a, a real... Um, it's going to last, it's going to stand the test of time. Yeah. And I think there is an element where you need to build it from the ground up. And yeah, and I think this song, the, everything coming together, Bernard's camp dancing, but also Stephen Morris on drums. If you ever see New Order Live or if you see clips of them performing this song, it sounds like drum machines, but just watch Stephen Morris on drums. He He's the one, he's, he's now he's in, in his 60s, he's keeping this dance band going. Time for the next track. So track number five is People on the High Line.
say my favourite track on the album. Really? It's fresh, it's funky. Um, Ellie's in there again. And I just it just sort of bounces the way through. It just makes you feel good, that song. I think it's the most... The biggest nod to the early 90s and that kind of Hacienda club scene. The pianos at the beginning really kind of a nod to Happy Mondays or the other bands that were kind of doing that at the same time. Um, I think it's full of a look back to that kind of the hedonism of those days, the substances they used to take. Uh, I think nowadays a red Bernard prefers a hike rather than a line. But um, So you might say he likes to get high in other ways. Oh. <laughs> like mountains. Yeah. Um, I'd love to have gone to the Hacienda. I think, believe it or not, we're actually too young to have experienced that. Well, one of us. <laughs> uh, it's a car park now. Oh. Yeah. Just a little pop fact there. Um, is it pay and display or is it um, pay on exit? I imagine it's now you can get an app and pay that way. Oh, uh, yes. Very modern world. Have you seen those car parks that have the lights that guide you and the green lights show you where the empty spaces are? I have not, no. Yeah, they're very good. We could start a podcast about park, car parks. Yes, it could be the... Uh, bay, anyway. bay by bay. <laughs> um, but yes, very fun. The guitar towards the end of that track is so... Very funky and almost a little bit of Nile Rogers on that. Which, that would be an amazing collaboration, wouldn't it? New Order and Nile Rogers. Well, if they're listening... Either of them. Either of them, or both of them. An interesting pop fact about this one, Tom Chapman, who plays bass, this was his idea of kind of a kind of disco tune. And he said, like, these tunes just make you smile, don't they? And that Joy Division would never, ever make something like that. That's quite a bold thing for him to say, isn't it? Having, being a newer member of New Order and sort of... Who who are Joy Division? <sighs> We're gonna... I'll go, shall I go? We're going to terminate this podcast. <laughs> Forever. Um, no, that is interesting. It's nice to see as well the newer members of the band sort of being given that freedom to write and have a have an impact on, on the album. And maybe that's a big part of the reason why this album was such a success. Not only have you got the heritage of Bernard and Gillian and Stephen, but you've got Phil and Tom there as well. I also, Chapman also said, went on to say how proud he was of the bass line in the song and that Bernard Sumner really pushed him just to go absolutely hell for leather with it. And it's probably the most striking thing about the track, isn't it? Definitely. And absolutely a swipe at Peter Hook, probably there. But the next song, Ellie's not around for the next song, but there is another special guest. This one is called Stray Dog. The secret of all happiness is unconditional love. I just wanted to make her smile and make it last for a while. All the things you can do at home. Maybe once in a while, get away to somewhere special. Create a memory that would last forever. In those days, we spent together. Gosh, even on the standard edition of the album, that's an epic song, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, it's com- completely it comes out of nowhere, really. And I don't think there's another New Order song like that, where they've, you know. I can't think of a time when they've used another vocalist. I can't use, think of a time where they've used a vocalist who doesn't sing on the track. It's, it's complete experimentalism. Oh, I love it. It's it's poetry against some fantastically crafted dance beats. And again, I just got completely lost. You'd need to send that St Bernard in again. But I must say, I'm not. Can it, not that's not Bernard Sumner reference. It's St Bernard, <laughs> the rescue dog, famously that has a little keg of. Whiskey? 
oh. around its neck. Lovely shaggy old thing. That's not, a refer- that's not a reference to Bernard Sumner either. Uh, that's Peter Hook. Um, oh. <laughs> Um, this what I'd love to see with this song actually is because the the poetry side of it and it, it's Iggy Pop. We've not even said that yet, but if anyone didn't know, it's Iggy Pop reciting that. Almost went without saying, didn't it? That well, anyone listening to his podcast would know that. Well, anyone who's seen his adverts will be aware of his work. Yeah, I'd love to see the two tracks separate. Actually, I'd love to hear the poem or the song or however they're calling it on its own. I'd really love to hear Stray Dog, just the song, you know, just the instrumental. And of Stray Dog was the name of a beer that New Order produced, I think, last year. You're, you're, you're bang on, actually. Back when they were touring with this album, um, New Order got into partnership with the Morehouse Brewery in Burnley to launch a beer, a 4.2% premium beer, no less, and they named it Stray Dog after this track on the album. 4.2? I've had stronger. I'm sure it was delicious. I never got to try any, actually. I wonder if it's still out there on the... On the merch section of their website. Should we have a little look? We can have a look whilst we're listening to this next track, which is track seven, there and one thing I just want to point out something I love about New Order that they've done throughout their career is that the word academic never actually appears in the song anywhere just the same as singularity or people on the high line or even superheated coming up I really like that they do that it's almost so where do they get the words from then the titles from I'm not sure I imagine with some it maybe comes from if they make the music first and that's what the music sounds like before the lyrics are put onto it that's complete grabbing an idea from the air, but I like I like the titles. I'm the kind of person, I think we're both a big fan of the album as a format, we both enjoy vinyl. I love going into a shop and just looking at the back of the album, just looking at the names of the titles and imagining what that song sounds like. Uh, do you think this song sounds academic? No, it, to me it sounds like, like the first track, it sounds like a really quintessentially New Order track, except it just swings a bit harder and, and moves a bit faster. I think what I did want to, just off the back of your record shop comment, is I think just to take a moment to to celebrate the artwork for this album, and not just this album, but all the artwork surrounding this whole campaign, it's just fantastic design. The colour, the the angles on on those images are fantastic. Peter Savile's work is obviously synonymous with the band, and yet I've actually got this album... Framed in my living in my bedroom actually. So. Alongside, I, I guess, much more classic artwork. Yes, I've got uh, 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 some 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 sunflowers and Mona some Lisa. melting clocks and some melting what clocks. Oh, okay, just couldn't quite make out what you said there. Um, so, track number eight now is nothing but a fool. I saw her face So much. She was in my mind. 
must say, probably my least favourite track on the album, I have to confess. I have to agree with you, yes. I think the critics, not that their opinion matters for anything. Are we critics, actually? Well, we're not critics. We're more um, enthusiasts. We're enthusiasts. With a strong opinion, both ways. Yes. The, the sort of general music press, I think, weren't as keen on this side. If you look at the album as, as a record, as an LP, this side of it, even tracks the track before, Academic, and this one, they felt it was a bit more of the, the beige side of New Order and more similar to the Waiting for the Sirens Call sort of sound of the band. And on this song, I do agree. I think there's, there's nice elements to it. The, the female vocals are very nice. In fact, let's give them a mention. Dawnsey and Denise Johnson there and backing vocals, some lovely harmonies. There is actually a, a sort of a, a pet hate of mine in this song, and that's rhyming the word wine with, does he say fine or something like that? But I always find the word wine in a song, for some reason, it's a personal thing. It stands out like a sore thumb. Am I being silly? No, not at all. There's no excuse for bad rhyming <laughs> in any context. Ever. Um, I think we should just move on now from this one. Um, yes, let's unlearn our hatred of this song. And what's track number nine called? Uh, oh, it's Unlearn This Hatred. Let's not pretend It's new girl we've got to take it I think I could put a good £10 note on saying that that's one of your favourite songs from this album. Yes, it is actually. It's, um, and I think particularly after Nothing But A Fool, it's just, it returns to the form we've just gotten used to with this album. Just a fantastic track. Just, it just always feels like you speed through it. But I just love that beginning. It reminds me of something a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say contemporary, but something... Like you would see sort of cut copy or the klaxons would do that just kind of just the electronica with the vocals at the start. Yeah. Right up my street. Right up your street. Um, <laughs> and unsurprisingly, that's one of the Tom Rollins collaborations as well. I think that that Chemical Brothers hard hitting dance floor sound is quite, quite that, evident. That. The contemporary edge. Exactly. Yeah. One thing that I think about with this song and I'm maybe reading too much into it, but with the first time I heard it, with Unlearn This Hatred, I wondered if this was a song for Peter Hook and sort of the two members, well, there's a lot of members of the band, but Bernard and Peter particularly being the the, the bigger personalities in the band um, and the ones that, when the music press are talking about the fallout of the band and the parties mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, is so this Bernard reaching out to is it Peter? Is it Bernard? Is it Peter? Sounds like a game of Guess Who. <laughs> Does he have a beard? So, just two more songs left, actually. And this one is The Game. game there and actually one of my favourites on the album I think and again we've spoken about the 
complete music version of the album and the extended version, the extended versions of the tracks. This is one of the ones that I go to because the at the end those guitars when they're almost having sort of a a duel with each other that just goes on and on and on and I could listen to that for about. 12 minutes. Well, you've got an extra two and a half minutes on the extended version of this track, so that's just heaven for you. That's just about enough for me. Actually, this the game and Academic, maybe revealing too much information right now, they're two of my shower tracks. And do you sing or dance or <laughs> Lord knows what else in it's those main, songs? It's mainly singing. There's a bit of dancing in the style of Bernard, so it's a bit more of a... a, a, a Pensioners shuffle, if you will. Well, you don't want to go over and um, break your hip. Well, I don't want to do a, a Madonna. I've got my bath mat down, so I should be okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's a great track. It's I love how it is. It has got the the more analog instruments in there. It's got the guitars and everything like that. But it's a real. It's blended nicely with the sequences and the synthesizers and everything like that. Uh, where does the game come in your sort of rating of the tracks? It's up there. I'd say definitely in the top regions of uh, my favourite tracks on the album. I mean, it's not up there with people on the high line, Tutti Frutti, um, that other one that I like. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's a great, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's a goodie. Yeah. It's time for the final song. No. Um, well, no, actually, because we are going to do our further listening uh, selections as well after this. But uh, this is track 11. It's super heated. that track considering it's the last song proper on the album it's over is the last line that's uttered it's over it's over it's over they're repeated aren't they I hope it's just for now and not a statement of intent for the future I have to say I hadn't considered that and now you've got me quite worried oh dear it's probably not over but a, a real change of pace there but actually lovely really really nice song I've got a bit of a pop trivia for you on that song if you'd like to hear it um so in the a couple of weeks ago on the Duran Duran Paper Gods episode, I mentioned how Brandon Flowers had apparently been a writer of Change the Skyline, but hadn't been allowed to appear on the album. And I don't think I mentioned this in that podcast, but if I did, then um, here he is again. So apparently his record company said it would only allow him to appear on one of the albums, either Duran Duran's Paper Gods or New Order's Music Complete. And he chose New Order. Good for him. I mean, it definitely... That does feel like a track that wouldn't be out of place on a Killers album. It's true, yeah. And what I love about Brandon Flowers... um, I think you and I could talk for hours and hours and hours to Brandon Flowers. That's the worst rhyme than the wine thing. (laughs) You're Um, a poet and you don't even know it. (laughs) Because I've heard so many times him talk about how Pet Shop Boys and Duran Duran and New Order are his main influences and obviously and look at our first three podcasts oh yeah but yeah so it's, it's great as a fan as a huge fan of New Order and a huge fan of The Killers actually this collaboration for me is, is a dream and a, sometimes when you, when two artists you love come together and collaborate it's not always as you'd hoped it might be but this is this is brilliant 
is that a, a, a veiled um, reference to to some a collaboration in the past? Um, yes. No, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, Can you think of any that have been that you thought might be good but were actually terrible? I'm googling it. Not at the moment, no. So let's move on now. The album is done, but we're into our further listening selections now. And Dan, if you don't mind, I'd like to kick off with mine. So for the further listening on this episode, where are we picking our selections from? Well, I've actually gone with a remix of one of the singles from this album. Okay. And I'll tell you for why. It's it's a Richard X radio edit um, of People on the High Line. And I think Richard X, great producer, worked with some fantastic people over the years. It's a very distinctive style. Yeah. Um, which is much loved by myself and a huge fan of Richard X. Tens of people. Um, and his own album, Richard X Presents. Um, is it his X Factor? His X Factor. Before the X Volume Factor. Volume 1. Um, is, uh, it's not available to stream anywhere, but if you can find it on eBay or a car boot sale, do you pick it up? It's a fantastic collection of pop tracks, collaborations. And he works with some of the greats, doesn't he, in that album? Uh, Javine. Liberty X. Mark Goodyear. Remember him? He used to do the top 40 charts when it was still on a Sunday. And you'd record it on cassette. And it was still relevant, yes. Yeah, yeah. those were the days. Um, anyway, he's remixed for the for a radio edit for the single release of People on the High Line. He's done a, a treatment, a version um, of it, of which I'd like to proffer a clip now. Proffer. congratulate you there on a fine choice what I particularly like about that is I remember from the waiting for the sirens call period of the band Richard X remix Jetstream didn't he the single featuring animatronic yeah which was fantastic back at a time when everyone wanted to feature animatronic as a guest vocalist on yeah their, on their single the world couldn't get enough of animatronic that's when the Scissor Sisters were in their heyday yeah now it's just all about Jake Shears well he thinks he is. Uh, I love the polish that he puts on that track. It's just, it's. I know we've we've been enjoying the extended versions on complete music, but this is like three and a half minutes of excellence, and you can tell he's got a hand in it because you can hear his touches in there. I think it's just very nicely tied up in a bow. Definitely. And uh, another pop fact for you, if you if you're interested, if you're looking for one. Yes, please. Um, Richard X also plays a hand in plastic on the album really yes I think he worked on the mixing of the track what a man what have you got so we spoke about complete music and to be honest I was umming and ahhing about quite a few of the tracks on there because as I said before to extend those tracks is not to weaken them but actually to make them even better and stronger and more vivid however one of again not just my but our favourite bands of all time Hot Chip Oh, got their hands on Tutti Fruity and they did something pretty special with that so I'm going to put that one in got me wearing high 
Dan, I can't believe it. That track was 11 minutes 43 long. Unfortunately, the listeners only got to hear 30 seconds. <laughs> the thing I love about that is it sounds like Hot Chip and it sounds like New Order and the two are together. And I think it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because Hot Chip do cite New Order as a major influence for them. And here they are remixing, you know, one of their massive tracks. Definitely. It's, the thing I love most about both of these bands is that if you go and see them live and before they get on stage, you see their setup and they've got a drum kit and they've got a guitar uh, or, or several and they've got bass and everything like that. It looks like what some would presume to be a kind of a standard indie band or something like that. And then they start playing and they create the best dance music you've ever heard. Two of my absolute favourite bands to see live. Have we seen Hot Chip together? I don't think we've had the pleasure. We should put that on the cards. Get the get the feelers out for the next tour. Um, but yeah, so for, for, for me to see the two combined is incredible. I think next what I'd like to hear is maybe New Order remixing a Hot Chip track. What a thought to end on. Because um, we're done. That's it. Oh no. Um, but we're back with our next one. And can you give anything to tease our next uh, our next podcast all I'll say about the next one is it's the first time when it's not a combined choice so you've chosen the next album which is celebrating version 20 um, and the 20th anniversary of the release um, and it's not rubbish it's absolutely not rubbish and it's not trash so what could it be let's leave it there for now but if you have enjoyed this episode of Track by Track, please do subscribe on iTunes. And if you want to get involved in the conversation and tell us that we're completely wrong to have not enjoyed Nothing But a Fool, then do let us know on Twitter at Move to Trash UK. Until next time, I've been Bernard Sumner. And I've been Peter Hook. Fists are gonna fly. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.